Several years ago, a question emerged amongst the youth ministry community that we've been debating ever since, and here's the question. Why are so many students leaving the church after they graduate high school? And for those of us that have been involved in local and national youth ministry, we know while we've wrestled with that question, it's become an old one. Because now the question is this, where are the students in our churches? Are we in a crisis right now with the next generation disappearing from our faith communities and congregations? Some would say absolutely, yes, we are in a crisis. Today, we will discuss a growing trend in how we can reach the next generation. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Here we are in this episode, Jason. I'm excited because of what we're going to be talking about. We continue the conversation about the the phrase that may have been used. Uh, it has been used in youth ministry and ministry in general, but uh, around evangelism, about preaching the gospel and use words if necessary. And we discussed that with Debbie, but also the the state of evangelism with students and just we learned a lot about evangelism and so check that episode out that's such an important conversation that we had and in youth ministry today because evangelism and whatever you want to call it some people don't even know what that word means or they don't like to use it but us as adults but especially in our conversations here on this podcast talking about students when it comes to sharing their faith what do they believe we got into that jason with our research and asking students would you be willing to risk a relationship to share your faith with someone. And we saw some really surprising statistics. So go back to the last couple episodes if you haven't heard those. The next episode, we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to talk about cutting edge and strategic ways to reach the next generation. It'll be linked in topic to this conversation today. So make sure you hang with us for that next one. We've got some exciting things happening here in the next few months, Jason. We mentioned it before, we're part of an organization called Never the Same. You can learn more about our youth ministry. It's a national youth ministry at neverthesame.org. Check that out. And if you want to go back and browse on a on a webpage the past episodes of the podcast, it's neverthesame.org slash podcast. So you can find information there. You can also get access to our trend report, which is the research that we do. You can download and get a a nice-looking, uh, graphically enhanced copy of our research for free at neverthesame.org slash trendreport. So we would encourage you to check that out as well. And um, so we've got NTS camp coming up this summer, Jason. I'm really excited about this summer. Only a few months away, we are in the, the throes of planning, and we are, uh, yeah, excited as always to approach this summer with what we have planned, what God has placed on our hearts that have been on our hearts and minds since even before last year's camp season, uh, we plan and it just has been uh, marinating and gathering the team and, and just continue to plan and, and put those great ideas together and make them happen. 
We don't talk a lot about some of the behind the scenes things that we do very much, but one of the things, Jason, that um, we're, we all really is important to us as a ministry when it comes to camp is, is what content that we're presenting to students. The activities, the schedule, everything is just amazing. It's second to none. But the content also is, is critical, and we believe it's important. Part of our mission statement as an organization is talking about theology, community, technology, and we put it in that order for a reason. We believe theology is the most important thing that we can offer and be a part of as a ministry, and then the community with students, and then the technology that we use to reach this generation. But when it comes to theology, we're talking, uh, we always base our theme on a passage or a narrative or a story of scripture and really that dictates what our theme is and what content that we talk about when we open up God's word this summer our theme is follow and we're looking at the the life of one of the disciples of Jesus Peter in the New Testament and some of the things he went through and uh, so really excited about things like that I really get jazzed up about that part of NTS I agree we cycle through an old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, and then looking specifically at Jesus. And so right now we are currently looking at a, a New Testament passage, which is the narrative of Peter and, and how we can put our faith in God's love in action by following Jesus. And so, yeah, we, we get excited more sometimes about the theology than some of the activities that we plan as well. We've also got Claim Your Campus 2020 happening this summer on July 4th weekend. In the midst of our busy summer and your busy summer, I'm sure, as well as you're traveling and on vacations and different things, the holiday weekend of July 4th, we will be at a historic gathering that we are hosting uh, as well as 75 other ministries, denominations, organizations from uh, Protestant to Catholic. We're all gathering together for this event that we are hosting called Claim Your Campus 2020. I want to highly encourage you, go to the website, ClaimYourCampus2020.com and check that out because this event, an event like this has not happened for at least a generation. It's been several decades since there's been a national uh, event of this kind that's focused solely on middle and high schools. This is a youth ministry event. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of deal. Uh, We've never done this event before. It's happening July 4th weekend in Kansas. And one of the questions we get, Jason, is are you live streaming this event? We have to some what is a surprising answer, and we say, no, no, we are not streaming this event. Why are we not streaming it? I don't think we're streaming it because we we believe so much in the event and gathering together that you lose out when you stream it and you're watching it by yourself. You're not experiencing it like you're supposed to when you are there. We want people to experience it there. We want them to experience the presence of God there in the field with us and not just watch it like you would a YouTube video. We've become so accustomed to that in, in, in this era of our society, and I understand it, and for some things it's great. For this particular moment, we've just felt very impressed that this needs to be a gathering that's about the pilgrimage to get there, and it's about the event itself. It's about being there in the elements in this field for a moment that we are praying and expecting God to do something amazing. This event is is um, designed to help equip and inspire students to bring uh, change back to their middle and high school. So that weekend, it will feel like a music festival. It's July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. We've got amazing artists and speakers and bands and guests, but it's all about you taking a group of students 
and helping them to see um, what happens when they can have this experience on their own with God and then what they can do to be equipped and inspired to go back and to bring that change and to bring the gospel. And specifically, we're going to help every student that attends this event do three things as they go back to their school. Number one, be involved in a weekly prayer group at their school. Number two, know how to verbally share their faith with their friends. We're going to show every student how to do that. Number three, what they can do to serve tangibly in a tangible way on their campus. So pray, share, and care. Those three things. So that's what will be happening. Uh, We do not want you to miss this. We just feel like it's going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime event. So it's a moment to mobilize a movement. July 4th weekend, claimyourcampus2020.com is the website. And we know it will impact your school campus in your community, and that's what we are talking about today. We are talking about the school campus the case for the, the school campus and wanting to focus on why is it so important? Why should we even focus on the school campus in our ministry? We are going through a pretty seismic change right now in local church youth ministry. And that seismic change has been this migration of students away from our faith and youth group communities and more and more, we are recognizing and realizing that um, we we didn't have we don't have the natural draw that we've had in years and generations past. And so we live, you know, it was said 20 years ago that we were entering into this post-Christian culture. Well, I think one of the effects now that we're seeing in 2020 and beyond is a generation that's not accustomed to being as connected or connected at all to a faith community. When you think, Jason, about the rise of sports leagues. We've talked about that in the past and what role they've played in disconnecting families from faith communities. We mentioned earlier, but live streaming, so many communities do that and people more and more just saying, I'm just going to just watch it from home or be engaged from a distance. And so in the digital age, we're dealing with that as well as people's schedules. We've talked in the past, we're not going to get into it today, but in the community of believers, losing the Sabbath and, and the idea of having a Sabbath. And I think the the erosion of the Sabbath in the life of a typical Christ follower in America has also caused what I believe a fallout in church participation and attendance. So there's a lot of different factors we could talk about, but what we want to talk about today is the, the school campus and what role this plays in this generation. So we wanted to open up by just looking at some stats. So let's do that. I'm glad you asked and and brought that up because I wanted you to know that over 2,500 left-handed people are killed per year from using products made for right-handed people. That's a stat that is staggering. Okay, Jason, where are we going with this? It's very concerning to me. I live with a left-handed person in my house and she could be killed by using all the products that are made for right-handed people. If you think about the refrigerator that is opened by the right hand and not the left hand, I don't want that to harm her. You think about the garage door opener, the garage door opener can be used by the right hand, but when you use it with the left hand, I don't even know what the results are. So The, the toilet plunger always on the right hand side of the toilet. Is it? That's concerning. So, I didn't realize 2,500 left-handed people are killed per year by using so products. When we put in the show notes, let's look at some stats. You just went that direction. That I don't think that's at all where we're going here, Jason. We're not talking about not stats, stats that are concerning people. to no, me. No. Just for No. Not you at all. You'll get you'll be fine. You'll get by. 
your wife will live. Yeah, I'm she's just left handed. I am I am looking internally about all the things that I use that are right handed. <laughs> let's let's take a minute and look at the school campus. Jason, let's get on that. Okay. Same page. All Got right. It. All right, I'm back. You with me? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh so let's look at some stats when it comes to the school campus and let's see um what we what's revealed here. So when you look at the general population in the United States, 98% of the general population has gone through uh, the portal of middle and high school. They've been on the school campus, whether throughout their middle school, high school years, or at least during a segment of that time. Now, a lot of people talk about, well, a lot of students and families are homeschooling. Yes, but it's still 98%, an overwhelming majority. So that tells us one thing, that that all of our society is touched um by physically being present, almost without exception of being on a school campus. And we looked at the number of hours that they are spending on the school campus between middle school and high school, and that's over 9,000 hours that they are spending. That's significant. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of time. A uh, couple more statistics. One eighty. This, this statistic kind of varies. Uh, but 85%, some go higher, some might go a little lower, but the average is about 85% that people would say of Christ followers make that decision to follow Jesus before they graduate high school. So again, a huge high percentage of people will decide to follow Jesus before they graduate high school, meaning that those years when they're younger are very significant in terms of reaching uh, this generation of students. The last thought that we want you to be aware of is that there's a school campus in every community. So that means it's 100%. 100%. Every community has a school campus. They're sending students to that building or that area, that facility, whatever it may be, but they are leveraging the school campus to teach the students in every community. So in the community where you are right now, where you live, there's a school campus connected to the community where you live and there might not even be a local church in your community, but there is a school in every community. And so when we're thinking of this idea and this strategy of where are our students today, if they're not in our churches, the one place that we know automatically that they will be is the school campus. And I think more and more this idea and understanding and strategy is emerging not only amongst youth ministry leaders, but also local church leaders. You know, there have been a lot of ministries over the years, decades ago, that have understood this idea that the school campus is central in so many ways to all of our communities. It's it's a hub of the community in terms of activities and parents and families and our schedules. Even our economy revolves around the school and the schedule of the school year. And so it's something that as ministry leaders, when we when we recognize and understand that students aren't coming through the doors of our youth groups or our local churches, where are they? They're on school campus. And if we want to reach them, we have to go where they are. Jason, for decades, we've had the benefit in general terms of students uh, coming to us in our churches and youth ministries and youth groups. And that's just not the case as it was. Many youth pastors approach ministry that way. They just take a position at a church and just accept the students that just show up in the door. And that's all their strategy is, is just accepting the students that come through the door and 
and influencing those around them in that building, but they don't think about going out or they, they just are accepting it because that's part of the culture is, is students are going to show up. Whoever shows up, I'm going to minister to. And what we've even talked about in the intro is they're, they're not even showing up. Yeah. And you know, the last couple episodes, Jason, we talked about students sharing their faith. I mean, if, if we want to impress that upon our students and help them understand why that's important and reaching out, that's a part of this whole thing we're talking about. It's, it needs to be in the fabric of our DNA in youth ministry to understand that in our part of the kingdom here, if, if overwhelmingly when people are coming to Christ is at this young age, then we cannot help. It would be irresponsible for us to not have evangelism uh, as a high priority of our ministry. Now, it's one thing to say evangelism is a high priority. It's another thing to to make sure our ministry reflects that in, in what we do and what we teach and the vocabulary and strategy and philosophy. And so if you're listening to this and you would say, I've never really considered the campus a part of what we do as a ministry, we want you to stop right there and, and just consider the opportunity that you're missing if the campus is not connected to what you're doing. And so we want to talk a little bit about how students are feeling uh, at their school. You know, we may have students for three hours a week in our youth ministries, Jason, and that's probably pretty high for the average student. Just think about that. Three hours a week, they're in school for at least 40 hours a week. So we're only getting 7.5% of their time compared to school at best, the best case scenario of students that's in part of our ministry for three hours. So it's where they are and we got to talk about it. And there's 168 hours out of the week total. And if you only have them for one hour out of the entire week, that's not even 0.6%. So that's not even 0.6% of their time during the week. So we want to hear from students and how they feel about their schools. We're, We're talking about why it's important. We're going to share in the next segment here some statistics from students themselves and our research about what students are saying about how they feel about their school. Now, as always, we offer our own research, which is always very new. This research is, is our newest research. Um, and I think we mentioned earlier, but I'll mention again, if you want to get your hands on this research in a very nice presented fashion with some graphics and, and some charts and, and, and further dialogue into this, go to neverthesame.org slash trend report. You can download your free copy of this. But as always, Jason, it's good to remind people of how we do this because the research is really unique. We ask students what they think about certain um, questions about their beliefs and behaviors when it comes to their school campus, like we'll talk about their local church, their own faith, their friends, social media, cell phones, all kind of things. But then we also, what makes this really unique is then we ask their adult leaders from their uh, own life and ministry context how they would perceive their students would answer. So we get students' perspective and then adults' perspective. One of the key elements of the research is also looking at the fact that these students are from the church. They're adolescents in the church. So that's why we call it Adolescents in the Church Trend Report because they are not just 
normal students in schools and in culture, but it's their students coming from a church and looking at these questions and answering it based on the idea that most of them are, are have some sort of faith proclamation or coming from a church that they've grown up in. And so this isn't a trend that's like, Oh, these, these numbers are based off of the overall culture. It's like, no, these are numbers based on what we're asking with these students that are going to our youth groups and coming to our church. And that's really what we as a podcast are most concerned about is what can we do in local church ministry and leadership do to help influence students and getting to know adolescents that are within the the context of ministry, whether they're believers or not, it's still something that um, sheds light on, on how we can more effectively minister to them, with them, and through them to their peers and their friends and their campuses. So we asked students how they felt about their school. We asked this question, do you feel supported by your teachers and school faculty? And Jason, what did we learn through that? 52% of them say strongly or somewhat agree to the statement that they feel supported by their teachers and their school so 52%, faculty. 52%, a little over half. Yep. Say um, they feel that support. That's a pretty high number, I think, where if they, they are going there every single day, these teachers care and they, they sense that. Then we have 22% are neutral on this. They don't feel one way or the other. And then we have 26% strongly disagree or somewhat disagree to the statement that they do not feel supported by their teachers and school faculty. So one out of two students feel either somewhat or very strongly that they feel supported and then one out of four are saying somewhat or very strongly, I do not feel supported by my teachers and school faculty. So when you think about your youth ministry, about half would say, yeah, I feel pretty supported, positive. And then a quarter of your students would say, I don't at all. And then you've got another roughly 20, you know, 22% um, that are saying, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really feel either way. I've been oblivious and I don't really think of it. Either way, I just show up and do what I'm supposed to and and leave and not think, oh man, my teacher really is for me or this teacher is out to get me. So when you're standing in front of your students in your ministry context on a weekly basis, that's where you find yourself. You can look at your students and just have that in your mind that that obviously is going to really shape their school experience. We're talking in this episode about why you know the case for the campus so how are students feeling on campus this is how they're feeling one more question that that i really was wanting to know how students answered was this question is school a safe place for you we asked students do you feel safe at school and we've we've learned in the past that even psychologically students are um, studies would say that there there's not an ability to truly learn unless they feel safe first. So if students aren't not, if they're not feeling safe, that's going to greatly inhibit their ability to learn in that environment of their school. So we asked students if school is a safe place. Jason, what what kind of response do we get from students? We got a 46% of students agree that they feel their school is a safe place. And then we have 29% of students said that their school is not a safe place for them. So it's more in the the realm of they feel safe they i would imagine if they feel safe they are having a more enjoyable learning experience 
than those who don't feel safe and are anxious about it and may not want to attend. And there's other thoughts that get piled on when you are thinking about other things outside of the curriculum that is being taught in the classroom. So there's very close statistical response here with students when they're saying 29% saying, I don't feel that school is a safe place. And I think we need to, to consider what that means. That's close to 30%. So we're around that one out of three number are saying, I don't think that school, I don't feel safe there. And going back to the previous question that we talked about, 26% would say they do not feel supported by their teachers in school. And I wonder if there's a correlation between those two things, because the number of students that don't feel supported by their school and faculty is 26%, and the number of students that don't feel safe at school is 29 Those are pretty close. Wondering if that has anything to do with the teacher themselves, you know, the, the faculty just not feeling safe, whether the, if they don't feel like they are, the teacher and the faculty are on their side, then they may not feel like there's a safe environment for them to be a part of. Now, I think my mind automatically, when I think about do students feel safe, goes to a threat of some really catastrophic thing happens. But I would tend to guess, even from my own experience as a parent, is what probably goes through more of the mind of a student is socially and and maybe physically as well. But but do they feel accepted? Do they feel safe? We got students that, you know, deal with bullying and racist behavior at their school. We have those type of challenges. So setting aside the extreme examples, what we might think of like violence or, or something very terrible that could happen on a school campus, students feeling safe on a more maybe moment to moment day to day might be things like, do I feel like I'm accepted, loved? Do I feel understood or do I feel lonely? I think if students, we know a lot of students are, aren't feeling as connected, they're feeling more lonely. So I think there'd be a higher chance that those students as well may not feel safe. One of the things I want to point out also with not only feeling safe, but whether they feel supported by their teachers and faculty is the adults responded in the opposite direction as the students. We look at the numbers that, uh, that the adults have answered and they, the greater percentage is in the disagreement of the statement of, I feel supported by my teachers and school faculty by around 40%. And then they also say in a disagreement to the, the statement, school is a safe place for me by 45%. And so that's the opposite of what the students are majority saying. And, and so that is fascinating to me where the adults of these students are, are not on track with, with what the students are actually saying. So their, their response is like the mere opposite right? in, in these two ideas. So, you know, the same, roughly the same numbers they're saying, I feel supported or I don't feel supported is the exact opposite of adults. Same for them feeling safe at school. So again, our assumptions, Jason, we talk about this all the time, but it's just critical as we stand up in front of our students, the more we understand where they're really coming from and the more assumptions, you want those assumptions when we stand with our students and we're working with them to be correct in what they, how they perceive things. So if they, you know, if half of our students are feeling safe, it's important to know that. But I think it's also really critical for us to remember that one out of four students do not feel supported and almost one out of three do not feel safe at school. And those, 
you know, I think, boy, we've really got to take notice of that when it comes to, to working in, with our students in that environment. Now, students, you know, they've, they've told us in our research in the past that um, one of the things that they think would better help protect their school from some of these catastrophic events, like a mass shooting, is uh, 33% of students said better mental health awareness. That, that was their actually number one response. More than even better security at their school is better mental health awareness. And again, adults were thinking better school security is what students would say, or stronger gun control laws. And those were lower on the list for students. Their number one response was better mental health awareness. And so that plays into all this as well. Jason, it was a recent conversation that we had with part of our staff. And when it comes to this event, Claim Your Campus 2020, it's this school-focused event. And we felt like one of the things that we want to talk and address with students is, is the mentality that I would say is probably for the majority of our students in our ministries, it's their default setting in thinking that they have a negative opinion of their own school campus. Yeah, by saying the phrase, my school sucks. Yeah. And it's the the mentality of, I don't want to go. I could care less about spending six, seven, eight hours a day and then coming home and spending more hours on homework. And sometimes it, it's the lack of purpose or lack of focus, lack of drive, whatever, it, lack of support by their teachers and faculty uh, being involved in activities that are harmful and they they are surrounded by a social group that also is like piranhas and they they feast on the weak and uh and there is this mentality of my school sucks because of all of that that's packaged in with the school campus what we want to leave you with today on this podcast is this when you think about the students that you work with i think addressing that mentality and maybe trying to go into their default setting, so to speak, and really get them to flip the switch on that and change it to a more positive. I like my school. I see my school as an opportunity to to show the love of Jesus to my classmates. I think that is going to be so key when we're talking about the school campus. And Jason, I cannot wait until our next episode when we are going to talk about very specific strategies. In fact, six strategies of how we can engage these places of influence called the school campus. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.